Hi everyone, I'm Christina Burnett, your host for the It's Natural podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the It's Natural podcast. I am so happy to be joining you in 2024. I can't believe those words are coming out of my mouth as I'm still trying to grasp where 2023 wins and man, time is just speeding up and I can't believe that we're in the new year. However, with today's episode, I couldn't think of a better guest And today's conversation is with Daniela Levy. She is the CEO and co-founder of Happy V, which is a woman's wellness company, which focuses on supplements for all stages of life. And I really, I know I say this often, but I really could have talked to Daniela for so much longer. And I really had to stop myself because, again, this conversation could have gone on for quite a long time as she was so easy in the conversation we had and in her ability to share. And we really did talk about such a wide range of different facets of life from starting with her health issues and what inspired Happy V, then also going into overcoming adversities when starting a business and the different increments in starting a company and how to do that successfully and to overcome those adversities that will inevitably pop up. We also go on to talk about how with her healing her health issues, she also helped heal some generational and cultural biases and even saying it now, I really do get chills because sometimes life just happens and you aren't aware of what you have accomplished, but how she has accomplished and bridged this gap between her family and the culture and generations and sometimes the disconnect that can happen between the generations and how she has really bridged that separation and to help even her mom and her family overcome and talk freely about their own health issues. And she also graciously shares many tips and tricks from apps she uses and social strategy, and also ways she has grown as a leader as her company has expanded and grown, and what that demands of her and anyone else who is leading a business and a team, the growth and mindset that needs to be behind. So again, I couldn't think of a better, more inspiring conversation to begin the new year with, and I hope you enjoy it. And without further ado, I'll let Daniela introduce herself further. Hi, my name is Danielle Levy, and I am one of the co-founders and CEO of Happy V. We're a women's wellness company that creates different dietary supplements for every stage of a woman's life. And we also create different uh, types of content, educational content that covers the A to Z of women's health. And really, the company started because of my personal experience and my struggles with recurring vaginal infections specifically bacterial vaginosis. Um, So back like in 2019, I started getting, sorry, not 2019, like 2012, 2013, 
I started getting recurring BV and yeast infections. And I was like, what is going on here? Why am I getting these infections? And really like kind of went down this path of like seeing so many different types of uh, doctors, gynecologists, um, being prescribed rounds and rounds of antibiotics, then going on my own path of like kind of trying just every product I could get my hands on that would speak to the issues that I was going through. And yeah, I went on to, this went on for five years and ultimately I ended up starting Happy V and we can get more into that in a bit, but that's why Happy V was born is really through my personal struggles in trying to figure out number one, what was going on? And then number two, a solution that would get rid of it permanently. So I'm going to take you way back just to when you were younger. Is there any inclinations that so you had a very personal problem? And as we know, too, there's not many solutions still on the market to women and gynecological issues. Is there an inclination you have now, like maybe looking back as being a problem solver or an entrepreneur that help you contribute to, you know, that gumption and taking that leap and starting Happy Bee and being that problem solver? Yeah. So actually, both my parents are entrepreneurs. So growing up, I saw my mom, you know, she she was always like thinking ahead, like what, like what can I start? Like what can I do? And she started a company with my stepdad um, more on the B2B side. So I kind of like I would go after work and like help them out at the office, like different things, like administrative things. But I really I think from a very early age, I was already kind of like put into that position of like figure it out, like find your solutions because we need your help and we need to like make this business or like we need we need to make sure our business is successful. But we also need to make sure that you're on the right path. So I think like I didn't like sports. So my after school activity was going to my parents' job, like their office. Um, And then on my dad's side, he also owned a, um, he was in the garment industry in New York. So they made um, women's uh, suits and they used to sell to like JCPenney and Burdine back in the day. Um, Sears, like those kind of like retail, big box retailers. And hearing his stories and how he started his business, I always actually was more inclined into going into fashion, actually, um, because of all of the stories that he used to share with me. And my grandfather was also in the business. So I think there's been like a long lineage of just like self-starters, entrepreneurs, and then kind of just like starting their own thing. And I always had a calling to that, but I didn't know what it was going to be in. So after I graduated from college, a lot of people tend to like go to a corporation, an agency. I studied marketing. So I knew I always wanted to be in on the marketing side of things, but I didn't know what it was that I wanted to do. So I actually didn't go and work at a corporation. I kind of just started freelancing and started doing social uh, for small businesses. So that was, I think, my first step into like entrepreneurship, which at the time, I didn't really know that 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 was called entrepreneurship. Um, I know it's such an overused term now. I'm like, I always am trying to find another word for it. I'm just like, oh, I'm using the classic cliche. But yeah. Yeah. And I I got to see like how these other small businesses ran and they were just so nimble and self-starters. And I, I like, I really liked seeing them grow and also like seeing how I can help them in their ventures. 
So I think that that might have been where where it started. But no, I never woke up one day being like, I'm going to start a vaginal health company. (laughs) Yeah, you never know where your journey is going to take you. And I think that's so important for young ones, like or even just college age students, because you're supposed to have it all figured out. But there's so many different veerings and paths. Yeah. And you never know where that's going to take you. And you said both of your parents were entrepreneurs. Were there different strategies that you could see or strong points or even hints that they had for you, like that you were able to witness? So actually, they were very much because owning a business, it takes a lot of work, right? Like, it's not your typical nine to five. I think that's an understatement. Yes. (laughs) Yes. A lot of people glamorize being an entrepreneur, owning your own business, you have your own hours, but really it's like you don't have your own hours. You have to make sure that the business is always running and is on the right path, making sure that your people are working on the right things and you're supporting them and making sure that they're meeting the goals for the business. And you're also just working with different types of people in your business and personalities and making sure that they're happy. So I think that through their experience, they always kind of hinted to me like, go work for somebody else before you start your own business, because there are a lot of challenges that come with uh, starting your business. And so they were kind of the opposite. And when I told them that I was starting Happy V, they were actually a bit hesitant. They were like, "Ooh, I don't know if you should start that. Like, because I started it when I was 25. And they were like, "Ooh, we don't know. We don't know if that's the right path for you right now. Maybe when you get to your 30s and you have a bit more experience under your belt. But they're you're they're like you're in for a rude awakening. And I was like, okay. I just found it as more of even more of a challenge. And I'm like, I want to prove them wrong and I want to prove them that I can do this. So I don't even so, but then like within a year of starting the business, they were like, wow, you really surprised us and shocked us and took us away because we were first of all, they didn't really think there was a market for people that wanted to buy products for vaginal health. And that just goes to goes back to like there's old school. And we just live in a different generation. But yeah, I I think that there were a lot of doubters in the beginning, including my parents, which, you know, and not not that they were they were trying to bring me down. It was more that they had they had struggled themselves in their businesses and they didn't want me to go through those same challenges that they had. Yeah. And you're usually trying to protect protect your child and you don't want to see them fail. But that's beautiful, though, that they. I don't know, almost inspire the gumption and the resolution to keep going within you. That's such a beautiful picture to have and model to have in them. And also just their advice. It is so true too. like, I think it's so important to have that street smarts and the way you approach and deal with people, which is huge in business. And that's, I don't think necessarily something that can be taught. Yeah. It's just something you have to observe and have. And I mean, what a great role models that they were for you. And yeah, so and I, and I think also it's like back to what you were saying is that they didn't they they didn't know how I would handle, I guess, failure, like if it were to fail at such a young age and like such at a cert, such an early age in my career. So they were probably just, yeah, protecting like just my my confidence, my security levels, and also just my career path. But I'm happy that everything turned out that the way that it did because it was also kind of like a blessing in disguise. Because I think if they would have told me 
you're going to do great. It's all going to be fine. It's going to be rainbows and butterflies at the end of that rainbow. Then I maybe my mindset would have been a little bit different. But that being said, I think everybody that I spoke to that had started a business kind of said the same thing. You're not it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a lot of hours. It's going to take a lot of work, a lot of determination. You're going to build tough skin through it. There are going to lot there are, you're going to get a lot of no's more than yeses. And so taking all of that into consideration, I think that yes, they were right, but we I I continue to push through and thankfully I have a great co-founder um Hans who's also my husband. So I think that also having that supportive person in this in this journey has been incredible because I've always been able to bounce ideas or if we're having any challenges or any roadblocks, like we always are able to sit down and kind of like discuss what are our next steps. And I think that that's like another key component in starting a business is like if you are going to have a co-founder, make sure that you are aligned on the goals of the business and like where like where you see yourself in three to five years. Because if you end up having like a co-founder that maybe is not aligned with those goals, you will also find that you're just going to hit a a wall with this person, this individual, and maybe, you know, the business might not be successful. And I think that's an aspect that doesn't get talked enough about unless you talk to the actual founders and we're in these kind of conversations, but you don't see it in business school and you don't see it on social media, of course. But yeah. how hard and never ending some aspects of having your own business is. And that's a kind of a double edged sword is when you are seeking advice and there are those who are trying to protect you and maybe are even themselves try scared of stepping out of their own bubble. But to have a partner who is actually a good sounding board, and I know that's a whole different dynamic to work with your partner. But to have that sounding board and that loneliness to help you, I don't know, fuel you and to get you through those tough tough times. And now from this episode's sponsor. The key to sticking to any health and wellness routine for me is convenience and effectiveness. And I couldn't think of a more synonymous and aligned woman-led brand than Higher Dose. My love affair with Higher Dose began with their sauna blanket, which I found so effective and yet convenient to have all the benefits of a sauna packed into their high-quality sauna blanket. I still find it so convenient to have all the benefits of a sauna without the bulk of a traditional sauna unit. Still reaping all the benefits in my home, which makes me use it even more often as a busy mom because I can include it easily into my routine. Higher Dose is bringing at-home wellness tools using nature-inspired technologies to release a dose of feel-good chemicals, aka dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins that elevate your mood, promote a healthy glow, support long-term health benefits, and lift your spirit. Even though their sauna mat was my intro into the brand, I have since fallen in love with their wide range of products and have also added them to my wellness toolbox. Their PEMF mat and red light therapy mask are one of my go-tos, along with their line of magnesium products. The magnesium gummies and bath soaks are among my favorites. And Higher Dose was kind enough to offer the It's Natural listeners 15% off site-wide with the code EVERGREEN. That's 15% off site-wide with the code EVERGREEN. E-V-E-R-G-R-E-E-N. 
I know you'll fall in love with how easy and effective higher doses products are and how you will feel afterwards. Enjoy. Like you said, owning a business is hard and comes with many different challenges. Are there any cues or are there any areas and stories you can think of like looking back, you're like, wow, I was really resilient and that really fueled me on even more because there are those low points or even just those yeah. learning points that we go through. Yeah. So so we started the company in two that well, really 2018, but we didn't launch until 2019. And so we and we launched like Q3 of 2019. So it was like headed into COVID. We didn't know we were going to get hit with, you know, a pandemic. So um, that was on nobody's bingo card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. We all have got it back up. But we were like, ooh, we don't know if, this, if our business will survive in a pandemic. We just started. Um, people are focused on different areas, but it was it actually ended up turning the business around in a sense because we are a wellness company and what ended up happening was that during the pandemic in the beginning at least people were not able to go to their doctors like at least women they couldn't go to the gynecologist or like they couldn't get appointments maybe it was like a virtual appointment um some people lost their jobs that means that they lost their health insurance so people were turning to natural remedies and i think that that's when we really start to see a spike in the amount of people that were coming to our site and like noticing who Happy V was without us having like a big budget in marketing or, you know, we barely had any brand awareness at that point. So that meant that we sold out of our inventory really quickly, which was unexpected because we thought that we were not going to have a ton of people noticing us or like, you know, nobody knew who Happy V was at that point. So because we sold out, um, we hit issues with our inventory, mm-hmm. uh, which a lot of people did during that time. Yeah. And so what ended up happening was that our bestseller, um, which is our prebiotic plus probiotic, the probiotic strains take at least 18 months to be created from like the from the time that they're fermented to the time that they're extracted into a powder and then um, sent over to our manufacturing facility and then manufactured. So that is a very long a timeline to turn around a product and so in in these times of like where what are we going to do like we just started the company people are noticing us we need to like we need to run with it because this is our opportunity to show people number one that we have an amazing product when it comes to vaginal health um and also help other women that are struggling with these issues and so Thankfully, we were able to turn it around really quickly because my my partner's family has been in the manufacturing industry for over 25 years. So we were able to get on the Amazing, phone. Amazing, yeah. Suppliers that um, that were able to expedite the production timeline or maybe they had like some ex- excess storage from like the last quarter that they were able to send over to us really quickly. And so we were able to salvage um, just like this uh, this high that we were getting from the amount of people that were landing on our website and like finding us on Amazon. And so I think at that moment, I was like, okay, number one, I didn't, I never, I never thought in a million years that we would be this small company and we're actually making it through the first like quarter of a pandemic. 
And number two, that we are on track to like actually having a business because before that, yes, we launched the product, but nobody really knew who Happy V was. And so, and we were doing, you know, little, we have a little budget for marketing. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the um, customers that were coming in the door were people through organic, you know, through our social channels like Instagram and Facebook. But I think that that was the moment where it was a turning point in, in the business where we're like, okay, this is actually happening. <laughs> Um, which is so weird to say because, yeah, like we started a business, but um, if you don't have customers, you don't really have a business. <laughs> so uh, I think that that was uh, a true turning point and how quickly we were able to be like roll up our sleeves, like let's make all the phone calls, pull all the strings to make sure that we're able to make this happen and we're, and we're able to deliver um, a product that's incredible to our customers. Can you share what did those roll up? up your sleeve moments like that you were on the phone and it might have yeah, yeah, a non-glamour <laughs> version because I just love those stories and I always connect the most with that and I think yeah. they're most impactful with the brand but they don't get seen or heard so I just I, would love to hear one of those yeah so really it was calling up our supplier and being like hey we have this problem we don't have we we didn't think that this was going to happen where we were going to sell out of our product. We had thought that maybe it would have taken like, uh, you know, like six months to 12 months to sell out of the inventory. And we actually sold out in like a week. Um, we don't, we haven't put any marketing dollars behind it. We're actually now thinking about putting more of, of, uh, of the budget that maybe we had put towards other things towards marketing so we can like continue to ride this wave with what's happening. And then they were able to like, I think we had to like wire money. They were like, okay, we're going to wire the money right now. Then they're like, okay, we're, we're sending it on, on like a, a, a truck and we're going to send it over to you guys. And then also the next point was just making sure that it arrived. We, you know, and then in the manufacturing facility, it's not just like you take the, uh, the ingredient off the truck and you start manufacturing. You have to make sure you test it for E. coli, salmonella, heavy metals, all of these, anything like make sure that there's no toxins in them. Make sure that the ingredient is safe before you start mm -hmm. manufacturing product so that took a couple a couple of weeks even so then by the time that we did that we manufactured the product and then it was me and my husband in the warehouse packaging the orders ourselves and then we also had like a part-time CMO who is now on board with us full-time but at the time she also had her day job so she was like okay like l let me know when I can come to the warehouse I'll help you guys and package all of the orders we wrote handwritten notes because people were like Where's my order? Where's my order? Handwriting notes, like adding in uh, an additional product for them, just making sure that we were we were getting these products out on time, going to uh, USPS and like having our bags filled with these uh, with these packages and dropping them off. And like people just like cheering us on because they're like, yeah, like small businesses. <laughs> I remember. Man, that's the tediousness of it yeah, all. Like, all of yeah. the different Stepped like answering a ton of customer service emails and phone calls of people being like, when is my order coming through? And it was really just mostly myself because my um, my co-founder still was working at the factory too. Like he was the COO of the factory. So most of my time was going towards sh uh, shipping, customer service, making sure I'm answering everybody's questions. Um, and... I have to say, I really enjoyed it. And those are the, now that we've gone to, you know, it's been four years. 
now looking back, I'm like, you forget how much of a high you kind of get from those when you're moving so quickly and you're really in it. You're you're kind of doing everything yourself. And now I'm at the I'm so I'm not like I'm so far removed now that it, I kind of miss it uh, to an extent, but it's a good thing because it shows growth. But yeah, like that was that was like our Q of oh, that was like Q3 of 20, no, Q2 of 20 of 2020. Um, but then we were able to hire our CMO full time because we had such a great Q2. So that was really exciting because then we had like a third person on the team that was full time. Yeah, like that, that was uh, like just thinking about it right now, I'm like so giddy because it was it was a great experience and a great memory to think about. It is interesting too from this start launch point until you like can I safely say that you're, you know, an official business. It's interesting the different tempos. And then yeah. when you come along with that success, sometimes the monotony of the little task yeah. in between. I think is another aspect that, you know, you forget those beginning stories and what really was your foundation of your brand and company. But with those unexpected times, did you find, though, just how you were personally handling customer service? Do you think that was actually beneficial because you got to form these relationships? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, because I got, like you said, form the relationships. I got to know the customers. I got Mm -hmm. to know the people who are taking our products, I got uh, to receive feedback from them, um, understand their challenges when it came to the products that they were trying in the past. Um, kind of like getting insight as to how a lot of these women felt when it came to the different products, their challenges, um, the the different, their stories, like they would tell us their stories. Like I've been struggling for, you know, six years with a UTI or like I've been struggling 10 years with bacterial vaginosis and you know they were telling us like about their marriages like they were getting very personal yeah um, and I'm, I'm it's so a honest. very personal industry and yeah. it's yeah. such a like yes it's so fundamental and still so taboo but it's yeah. so personal fem care and just our gynecological our sexual wellness and so I can imagine just though how much they felt reassured and vice versa, maybe that you felt reassured too that you were on the right path because other people, women were struggling with these issues. Yeah. So I I was really honored that they trusted us and sharing that information with us. And also, also the fact that like, they were that they were giving us feedback in terms of like the product we're so early on too. So that was like, you know, what like what what are you experiencing with with our product um some of them would say like the capsules are a little too big or the capsules are a little too small or i can't really take capsules because i and the, and the problem also with probiotics is that you can't put it into a powder format because they do degrade in water so if you pack it into some water they're not going to work as great if it was in a capsule format so and i was and also there was like a whole level of education so when we would get on the phone or we're on an email or a live chat they were also learning a lot from us in terms of like the um, the effectiveness of the ingredients, how the ingredients worked in the body, why the product that you worked that you tried from, you know, X, Y and Z brand didn't work. Whereas like this product did. And we still until this day get messages where women are like um, uh, from our customer service. Our customer service team is amazing. And they will take the time to explain to you 
everything that they need to know, all of their questions, and they'll write to us and be like, I'm so thankful for finding Happy Me because a lot of these questions sometimes are left unanswered. So uh, yeah, like I think learning about your customers is crucial. And I, I learned that very early on. And how touching, I don't know, just from me and, you know, just being at the doctors and not having answers just with little issues here and there. Personally, I can't imagine, though, like just how personal of an industry this is, but also the connection to how good you must feel to hear these stories and be reassured. And could you take us back to your own personal journey and where this your health journey began in all of this? Yeah. So. Um, okay, so let's just start with in our in our society and in our culture in the United States, we don't really talk about vaginal health, sexual health. We barely kind of learn it in school. So there isn't a ton of education there. And then at home, depending on, you know, your your family and your family dynamic, some some families might get into it and some other ones might kind of shy away from that. It's like kind of let let them learn on their own type of situation. And that's the kind of family that I came from. So um, my background is Hispanic. So my mom is Colombian. And uh, my mom was very much like never really spoke about sex other than like, you know, uh, make sure if you're if you do have sex, like protection, like I don't want you getting pregnant. Like that's kind of it. And uh, so a lot of it I learned on my own. Right. I think that talking to a couple of friends here and there, but I never had issues in high school. And it wasn't until I got into college that I started experience, experiencing bacterial vaginosis and yeast infections. And because nobody really talks about it, I thought that, is this me? Like, why am I going through this? And so I did what anybody would do, went to the doctor. Um, and when I went to the doctor, they don't really have the time to explain to you why you have this or how you got it, because they would really have to spend a lot of time with you. But most of the time, it was just like, you have bacterial vaginosis or you have a yeast infection. And they would send me off to the pharmacy to get uh, an, an antibiotic or uh, a cream, like a suppository uh, type of product. And so this went on for five years and it really affected my self-esteem, um, just my, my dating life, um, my overall confidence. It really took a toll on my mental health. Because I was always thinking about it. And it's, and it's, you know, when you don't feel right inside, it reflects on the outside and it reflects on in every area of your health um, and your, and your, just like your mental state. So I had started dating my, my partner, um, who's also the co-founder in Happy V. And I was like, look, I, I, I didn't, I, I'm going to get kind of like into, I'm going to get into the details here, but yeah, I love it look, I don't want to be intimate because I have, I have an issue. And he was like, what's, what's the issue? And I'm like, I have this thing. It's called bacterial vaginosis. And like, I've been going, and I just kind of like let it all out. And I was like, I've been going to doctors for five years. They can't figure out what it is. Um, you know, I've been on rounds and rounds of antibiotics, but then what ends up happening is that the antibiotics eliminate the, the bad bacteria, but also the good bacteria. So then I ended up having a yeast infection. So I have to go back for the medication with the yeast infection. And I don't know what else to do. I've gone to specialists. Um, I've gone down uh, forums. And like there, it seems like there are other women that are experiencing this. But I really don't know what else to do. And it makes me not want to be intimate with anybody. Like, and I don't, and I, I just don't want you to experience that. And he was just, 
very empathetic. It was kind of like a serendipitous moment because he, you know, instead of like maybe another guy would have been like, okay, that's disgusting. Like, I don't want to I don't want to be intimate with you either. Um, Let's just stop dating right now. But he was very much like, I want to help you. I want to help you figure this out. There has to be a solution. And we're going to embark on this journey together. So and then also his family just happened to also uh, manufacture dietary supplements. They've been manufacturing dietary supplements for over 25 years for a lot of the big these big brands that you'll see in Target, Walmart, Vitamin Shop, Amazon, et cetera. And so we went to their manufacturing facility and we started talking to their nutritionists that they have in-house, formulators, and we started asking them about different ingredients that we had seen clinical studies on, and one of them happened to be probiotics. Now, the probiotics is a whole whole big industry in itself because there are so many strains and there's different types of dosages that help with different areas of your gut and vaginal health and brain health. Like there's just so much there's so much that education that comes with knowing about probiotics. So we started kind of dabbling in there and they put together a formula together for me and the iterations of it. And I started trying different formulas for three months until we finally nailed the formula because my symptoms went away. I was no longer getting BV. I was no longer getting yeast infections and no longer having to go to the doctor, which was the end goal. So as soon as that happened that was kind of like when the idea sparked and was like we need to share this with other women because there are so many people out there struggling with this by themselves they don't know where to like who to turn to where to turn to they're also very skeptical with the products that are out there because they a lot of the products that were out there at the time promised you so many different things and actually left you disappointed so I was like, we need to make sure that we are educating people on what these products are, what these ingredients do, and also why you can get these infections because nobody's really talking about it. Nobody likes to talk about vaginal health. And so that's kind of, that's how Happy V was born, was through the struggle that I was going through um, and then finding a solution that worked for me and wanting to help thousands of women across the country with issues that were similar to mine. I think that was such a good point, though, how you actually started on your journey and stuff with your parents and that background. But what you were saying with your mom, how it's not an isolated incident. You can't educate on what you don't know. And I keep coming back to this, especially with reproductive sexual wellness, even if it's not sexualized, we still need to know about our health and our reproductive organs and how everything functions. And I think that is just such a mess, not only in schools, but even in our homes, because just the information isn't out there and readily available to men and women. So I think that's just such a good point. You can't educate and teach in the home if you don't know about it. Like if you don't know, you can't give your kids even directions. And then, man, five plus years this went on. I'm like, I'm just like, oh, so sorry. And yeah, how did you overcome that, though? The gumption to speak to your now husband and to talk to him about this. And man, how what a kismet, <laughs> serendipitous scenario, though, to be have him and his family and his side of with that background. Wow. And support. no, I definitely, I definitely started on a, a first base when it came to 
I just got really lucky that, uh, you know, his family happened to own a manufacturing facility. <laughs> That was not, I was not looking for it. I promise you, it just happened. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. But honestly, I think it wasn't, the, it wasn't so much that I just kind of wanted to open up uh, to anybody about it. It was more that I felt really comfortable with him. And so I think that just comes with the person. And I think that also comes with kind of owning kind of just owning like what you're going through and just laying down your cards and just being like this is who I am and this is what you're getting and if and we and I did it very early on too because it's like if somebody doesn't if if somebody doesn't like that that's okay we can just part our part ways now but I just want to make sure that I communicate that in the beginning so that we don't have issues down the road like with intimacy and that's actually something that a lot of our customers have shared with us is that their either their boyfriend or their husband kind of like blame them for the issues that are going on. And it's like it's not something to point fingers at or like be shameful of. It's more so the fact that somebody needs support during those times. I think in any relationship, you just need to have somebody that's like supportive and understands you or can understand you and be empathetic and kind of work through issues together i mean that's that's the whole purpose of like if, if you're in a healthy relationship i think that that is kind of um a given <laughs> so i mean just the vulnerability fun. that you need to have and that's right. where the connections the deep actual true yeah. connections are made and the stories that can be shared and how much you can grow together or apart but you apart, can grow yeah. from that and then yeah just the empathy to have your partner yeah. in the time of needs to be there and to step up for them. And yeah. I guess it also shows who your partner really is. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. And actually, and then going back to just like growing up and and you said something great, which was like, you can't teach what you don't know. And that is so true. Now, now that I, that, we, that we have happy V that we started happy V and now talking to my mom, she actually opened up so much to me about her health issues and like things that she struggled with and that she feels that a lot of older women don't really share with one another. And so because, you know, their grandmothers are like, my grandmother didn't talk to my mom or like your great, great grandmother, you know, et cetera. They kept a lot of- I literally just got chills when you said that. That's so, that's so beautiful. Just how you're breaking that cycle. That's gorgeous. That's- and and yeah, and, and then the funny thing is that now my mom does not care to talk mm -hmm. about me. So broke through that wall. But she's also now the one that's like having the conversations with her friends. Like and now they're going to her and they, they're opening up. So I think it's like once people realize that you're not the only person that's going through something like everybody, everybody else is going through. Maybe it's not vaginal health. Maybe it's something else. Um, and like you can empathize, empathize with somebody because, you know, you want to be, you want to be able to help them. And people at, at their core want to be nice and they want to be helpful um, to one another. And so I think that, yes, going, like going back and thinking about when I was growing up, yeah, she didn't know about these things, or maybe she didn't know how to communicate them because she also didn't know anything about, you know, reproductive health or she didn't know how to communicate it also because it's like a delicate subject. But I think that now, uh, now that I've opened up, I guess, like that sp same space to have these conversations, it's really changed. It's changed our relationship, too. We just, you know, nothing. That's why I was saying, like, I'm like, 
no topic is off limits because I talk about it with everything, everything with everybody. So yeah, I think that hopefully that, that that's the route that we're moving towards uh, as they're like, I think our generation, maybe Gen Zers too, are just more open to talking about these things now. That brings up two different things. The one aspect with your mom, you were saying, and then with grandmas too, just the research I've been looking at too, just how much limited research there are on menopause and how yeah. huge of the population we will, all women will go through it. And just how the lack of research and again, the resources and that aspect of reproductive health and how there's no resources for them in that arena. But as your community is growing and as you're creating these safe spaces, how has that shaped your business and Happy V to meet these challenges or to support your customers and probably new ways that you might have not predicted when you first set out? Yes. So, um, yeah, talking about menopause, actually, when when I started Happy V, initially, it was just like a vaginal health company. We have the probiotic. Then we started getting a lot of customers that were asking us, like, do you have anything for UTIs? And we created a product, our D-Mantles Plus Cranberry, which helps with uh, the symptoms of UTIs. And then my mom came to me, actually, and was like, I'm going through menopause and there are no natural products. I don't want to do the hormone therapy. I don't want to go on a prescription drug. She's like, I want something natural that's going to help me with the symptoms that I'm experiencing right now. And I. I don't really know where to go. I don't I don't know what resources to turn to. I've gone to my doctor, but, you know, my doctor explained a couple of things to me, but I don't really I don't really know. And I don't really know who I can turn to or talk to. So we we ended up, number one, creating a product called our Happy Bee Menopause Relief. And it was initially because of my mom who came to me with her it with her struggles with perimenopause and menopause. And that's what really sparked the idea of creating this product. Um, because, yeah, when we did our research, there weren't a lot of products out there for menopause. And so we, so that was one thing. And then the second thing was that seeing her go through it, go through menopause and perimenopause, I think that it just really highlighted how these women don't have really the resources to understand what is going on in their bodies and why it's happening and how to either alleviate or minimize the symptoms without having to go on to a prescription drug or some sort of like hormone therapy. But like, you know, right now I'm in my 30s. I don't know if you're, I don't know what you're saying. You are. Okay. So yeah, I'm like, same. I'm going to go, we're going to go through it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's womanhood. We're all going to go through it at some point in our lives. And I think the early we, the earlier we can start understanding it, and reading up on it and kind of trying to learn how to like maybe minimize the symptoms at an earlier age, the better it will be for us when we go through it. It's kind of like um like skin health. So I, I see it on my TikTok all the time. Like they're like, use these serums because like in 20 years from now, you're not going to yeah. have wrinkles. Um, or what you do now will shape what you do in the next 10 years. I'm like, ooh, a tanning bed was not helpful. <laughs> yeah, and so I'm like, there's just so much education around um, like skincare and hair care. But yeah, I think the reproductive air health area is lacking that amount of education because I think that if we do have those tools and resources now at a younger age, then maybe we're able to manage menopause and perimenopause a lot different than how our mothers or our grandmothers uh, had to manage it. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And the more products will come and be available too, and just the variety of options. Because I think, or I've seen at least on my end, the research too, is that doctors don't even have that many resources. And a lot of these legacy brands that have been around forever on the store shelves that are dusty and just haven't, one, don't really work, two, the research behind them just hasn't been updated, that the doctors themselves don't have these resources. So I was wondering, too, with creating this momentum within these communities to have the freedom to talk about and empower ourselves and with other women and other people to talk, have these conversations. Have you seen this shift a little bit, the research being done or doctors being propelled and maybe pushed to change a little bit from their clinical or more conventional ways? Yes. So there so when we started in, uh, in 2019, there weren't a lot of brands um, that were talking about vaginal health. There weren't a lot of ingredients that had clinical studies for vaginal health or bacterial vaginosis and yeast infections. And now, fast forward four years later, there is more traction in that area. Um, there are more studies, studies being done on reproductive health. Actually, there is an organization called Live UTI Free. They're just dedicated on um, uh, medical research for urinary tract health and UTIs. So the CEO over there, Melissa, she's incredible. And she is doing amazing work in this area, trying to move the needle forward when it comes to urinary tract health. And then there is the International Probiotic Association, where they're doing a lot of uh, research on different probiotic strains and then how it affects different areas of the body, but one of them being vaginal health. And then in regards to... I'm excited. I haven't heard of either of those. So I'm like, I will be looking them up myself after this. That's, yeah, amazing. Um, and then there are, again, now there are a lot more products in the space. I'm not going to say that there are good or they're bad, but there, there seems to be people understanding that there are women out there that are struggling with these issues. And therefore, there are more companies coming out because either the founders of those companies also had problems or, you know, they're just saying that there are women in need of these solutions. And then when it comes to the doctor side, I think that their patients are coming to them and they're asking them about these products. So now the doctors need to become well-versed in these ingredients and how they affect uh, your vaginal microbiome, uh, your urinary biome, because there are a lot more products that are not great versus good. So they need to make sure that they're recommending the right product to their patients if their patients are already coming to them, asking them for a recommendation. And there's a couple of doctors that we've spoken to that they say 80% of doctor visits have to do with infections. So wow. that means that, yes, okay, you recommend, the you can go down the traditional route of recommending antibiotics month mm -hmm. over month. Eventually, these women are going to get frustrated, just like what I went through. Yeah. Start seeking other solutions. And so it's better that the doctors are equipped with products that actually work and have uh, scientifically backed ingredients and can back up why these products are going to work for their patients 
because then they're able to recommend something that that is going to work for them. And then that that way, their patients are not harming themselves with either like a natural remedy they found on like a Reddit or trying a product that may do more harm than good. That number is just staggering. <laughs> and I know the frustration myself just here and there having UTIs and either not knowing where to go and tired of antibiotics and literally got a kidney infection. So, you know, for waiting an extra day or two and not getting, but just that cycle, how exhausting that is and time consuming. Yeah. I can't believe a kidney infection. You know, I've been hearing that a lot from uh, some of the people that work for us and also some of our customers about like having the UTI get to the point where it's a kidney infection because it's like, you don't know. And my UTI wasn't that bad. I had literally just waited and had school drop off and just didn't have time to get to the doctor. And there was nothing on that I knew of at the time that was on the shelf that I could really take that would help. And so, yeah, nice ER visits (laughs) was not fun, but just the, the downtime of that for a couple of days. But are there any hurdles that you have had to overcome being in this space? Because I think many don't know that there's kind of some stipulations and regulations, kind of like the alcohol industry, you know, how you can't advertise here and there. Are there any of those aspects that you have had to overcome? I can tell by your expression. (laughs) (laughs) We went through it. Like we go through it all the time. So we're a D2C, right? So we sell mainly on our website and on Amazon. And so the challenges with advertising on Meta and TikTok is that they'll flag our our um, our ads because they have the words vagina in it or sex. And so that therefore they're categorized as like adult um, content. Uh-huh. And it's like, no, we're just trying to, number one, create educational uh, content and create awareness around these issues that are happening. And so a lot of times we'll have to like contact our Facebook rep or our TikTok rep to go through it and make sure that they can, uh, that we can like put it back up and like get it approved. But it's just, it's time consuming and it's, it's honestly like they need to figure out a way to not flag it as adult content because, you know, there are other male brands out there that talk about condoms or, oh, I was just going to say the amount of what was on the radio, on Spotify, on the commercials, I'm all, you know, supportive, whatever. I'm supportive. But just the amount, I don't know what I'm on, like the algorithm <laughs> that's tracking me, like it's everywhere. Just the amount of the generic um, Viagra that's everywhere. I'm like, yeah, I, Viagra, like, but we all know about Viagra. I'm like, why right. is there so, it's just, sorry, the last few days, it's just everywhere. And to see an actual Reversal, yeah, women need support and their health address too. Exactly. And yeah, so there's a lot of censorship around the language that we use. So we found ways around it. So for example, like with the word vagina, we'll just put like uh, V, the asterisk, I mean, the at sign. Yeah. Like spell it out that way. Or with sex, we'll do segs, S-E-G-G-S. And so we'll reword it. And honestly, like it's... uh it's a scroll stopper because people will be like, wait, why did you misspell that? Or why is it spelled like that? And we'll, it'll be an educational 
uh, it'll be a time to educate somebody on why that's happening. And then they're like, oh, my God, I had no idea that this was happening in the advertising industry and that there is there are these hurdles that these feminine care brands are going through. So that's been fun. <laughs> but it's uh, it's something that we just kind of have to find ways to work around and kind of like just go get around it because there we're not going to stop advertising. That's out of the question. But we need to make sure that we're able to get our message out there in front of as many people as possible. So, you know, at, for the time being, we have like our way of, of, of getting to our Facebook reps and, and making a case as to why this uh, ad needs to go up. And then the, the copy that we'll use, you know, sometimes like we'll be able to get around it. And yeah, I mean, as far as like on the advertising side, like that's been the challenge. And then just I think that as a first time entrepreneur and like founder in the beginning, I, you know, I had to put my my vagina out there. So so that you was, really, yeah, so that was a little bit little nerve wracking for me because coming from I'm a millennial. So like millennials, like everything perfect like to disclose information, but not too much information. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I, um, so yeah, and the, but I, what I realized was that sharing this story with other women, it resonated with them. So I had to just kind of like pull it to put it together, pull it together and share my story and like not let other like comments or people online uh, bully me. <laughs> And what I was saying, because like I'll I'll read the comments now and like they won't trigger me or like they won't make me feel a certain way. But in the beginning, it did. It really I now I understand. I kind of understand celebrities to an extent when they're like, I go on to, you know, social and I read my comments and people are kind of attacking you. They're saying really rude things. And so, you know, a lot of comments that I that we get till still to this day is like, you know, you're dirty, like you, you're not, you have an STD. Well, especially on TikTok. I don't know what it is like with that. And I am being a little biased, just the men on there. It's just the comments usually are just so brutal, especially with those matters, especially, yes, when you're very, being very personal. How has your family kind of have or have they turned around a little bit because not only are you putting yourself your sexual wellness out there like you said your vagina your story (laughs) everything out there for to connect and to educate that's a lot to put out there how has their feedback or take been on it and how have you over had to overcome that and just get up the gumption just to do it because it is making a difference you know in the space my family has been very supportive. Like, so they don't, they don't judge. They don't judge. They don't throw shame at me about it. They're, they're very much like, do your thing. We don't care. However, like whatever we can do to support you and like anything that you're and anything that you're doing. And they'll make like, you know, they'll, they'll make jokes, but that's as far as it goes. And yeah, have a good laugh about it. Yeah, you have to. Who doesn't love a good vagina joke? Whatever. It is what it is. But Yeah. yeah. They don't, they're not like criticizing me or, you know, saying like, I can't, they're not, my family's not conservative to that extent, thankfully. I think if they were, it'd be maybe a little bit more uh, difficult to, like, for them to wrap their head around, like, the, these conversations that I'm having or, like, 
these um, videos that I'm making for our audience. But thankfully, you know, they have, we all have a good sense of humor and we can just like laugh about it or like, or sometimes like, you know, they'll like ask me, how does it make you feel? Because also they see the comments too. You know, how did the comments make you feel? I'm like, they don't really rub me the wrong way at this point because none of it is true. And I'm just trying to share uh, education and bring awareness to these issues that other people are going through. So if I can reach somebody that they're like, wow, I, I really relate to this person's story or they, I do, we'll, we do get some, we do get good comments too. Like, thank you for sharing about your story. I resonate because I'm also going through it and they'll share their story. They'll send us, they'll go in our DMs and they'll write us, they'll write to us about what, what they're going through. So that's really the main point about those videos is to just make sure that we're touching those people and that we're connecting with them and making sure that their, their voices are also heard through, through my voice. And to, because you said you're an entrepreneur and obviously have a growing and blooming business with Happy Bee. How do you support yourself now that you can look back after, you said three years, four years? Four years. Now that you can look back after four years, how do you support yourself? Are there any lessons you learned? Because those first few years, I feel like you usually just kind of power through or you kind of fizzle. Is there any ways that you support yourself now as a business owner that you didn't in the beginning? Yes. So in the beginning, uh, I think I've I've grown a lot through the process. I think it's been the most life-changing process for me or like journey for me because I when I started when we started, I was 25 and now I'm 30. So it's been I, I like I've grown with the the company and I've just grown in an individual. I've learned so much and I'm sure I'm not done learning yet. But I think that the way that I support myself now is that I really take the time to hear the people in the company a lot more. I think in the beginning I was a little bit more I wouldn't say like self-centered, but more, you know, what else do I need to do? Like how can I uh how can I be better? Like how can I support my growth. And I think that in your 20s, you're just like a little bit more self-centered and maybe have like a little bit of less like uh, self-awareness. But now I care so much more about just the people that come into like that are helping us grow this business and reach our goals and reach thousands of women across the country. And so my way of supporting myself, I guess, is supporting my my team members and making sure that they have all of the tools and the resources that they need to make sure that they are getting their jobs done and that they're able to grow in their career uh, careers as well. And I just learned how to kind of take a step back and look at uh, just like just look at the bigger picture and see where. I also need to still improve as a person in the business. Um, I think that that's just when when you're when you're in when you're in something like this that is still so so it's still it's it's grown but it's still small in the sense that we're still figuring figuring things out every day. And one thing that we tell everybody in the company is like it's okay to fail once. You learn from your mistakes, and nobody is perfect. And also perfect, done is better than perfect. Because I think that everybody has this idea of like, things need to be like buttoned up with a bow on top of it and then like delivered into you. 
and that's not the case at all. Like, uh, so I think that that's something that I've learned a lot through this journey too, is that nothing is ever going to be perfect and that that's okay. I think in the beginning, I used to beat myself up a lot over it, especially not knowing a lot of the things that I knew back then. But I will say that something that I am working on still is work-life balance. I don't, I don't think, I really don't think there is such thing as work-life balance though, because when you're so focused in on your business, you wake up, then you might your business and you go to sleep and you might your business. I don't know if that's going to change once I have a family. <laughs> I think that, that that's like something that I'm trying to like still figure out at this uh, point in the journey. I think there's always seasons to life and especially the family aspect, because that's one thing that I still struggle with. And I don't know, I feel like especially with the conversations around business and entrepreneurships, a lot of the conversations, they have these formulas. You wake up at this time, they do this, and then they do this at this time at nine o'clock, and then they're out. And I don't know. I mean, that's beautiful. And I'm happy that that's working for them. But that's not my life. There are so many ups and downs. And I think sometimes when you grip too hard on a routine, it can make more frustration and more friction. And then and it's also easy, though, when you first start. And I don't know how much that expands or may it just adjust. But you're so micro focused. Every, you know, little detail is can be the end of all of it or it's the biggest deal. And I think, at least from my perspective, that it kind of grows a little bit to the macro. So you kind of get a larger scope. And so you have one eye, you know, on the micro and then one on the macro, the bigger and smaller pictures of how things are evolving. I don't know if you've experienced that, but that's slowly how I've experienced it personally. And yeah, and the conversations around just these formulaic routines and in bed, I'm like, well, yeah, sometimes I'm in bed that time, but sometimes, no, I'm last night I was up till two in the morning. Like it's not ideal. It's not, I try and strive not to have that because yes, that is not good for my health, but this whole balance conversation I think is interesting and I would like to see it evolve. It's funny that you talk about rituals because I was talking to like your, your, your routine and your rituals. And I, I, again, it goes back to social media and, and some people just make it out to be this beautiful day that not everybody, I think I honestly, like now like that you're telling me this, I'm like, I feel like maybe most people don't have this beautiful planned out day where every little check, like everything on your list gets checked off or Mm -hmm. done to like the way that you want it to be. Because yeah, again, like you can't predict what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day. You can try to plan as much as you can, Mm -hmm. but there are always going to be, you know, something that's throwing your way, like another, you know, another email or somebody like needs your help with something. And, you know, your schedules might change based off of like what what that day looks like. Yeah. And I like personally, like, for example, I love to try and get out as soon as I drop my son off at school to get on a walk just because I feel like I can refocus. It just kind of chewates me a little bit more mentally and just kind of grounds me before I start. However, again, this morning that did not happen. And instead of, I don't know, I used to just like kind of like what you're saying, my inner voice would kind of just beat myself up. Oh, well, you didn't do that. So this is going to happen. And 
So I think it is good to have a good foundation to care for ourselves, but then also to have that leniency and to be able to thrive and to grow, like you were saying. Were there any tools that you have tapped into, as you were saying, as you were growing as a leader and how even just growing and being a good, better listener with your um, team? Is yeah. there any tools that you really or resources that you found helpful or was it just something internally that, you know, again, with age and just experience that also helped? I think it's a couple of things. So one is definitely with age, just me just having like more sense of like awareness and what's going on around me. Um, and then the other thing is I've just I listen a lot to different podcasts. So I I love like listening to other entrepreneurs and like their journeys, you know, and some things I'll like I'll and I'll grab little things here and there and I'll incorporate that into into my life and into my career growth and into my team. And then I also love like the Harvard Business Review books. So they have a bunch of them on different topics. And so I'll, I, I love to read those books. And I've also taken little snippets of that into uh, into my uh, career path and like my personal growth. I find so helpful that they're now on audio. I'm like, oh, thank me. I don't always have that time to. I love reading. Now. It's, I think when, maybe my only hobby. But it's, yeah, audio books are so helpful and podcasts too. I really feel like that's where I honestly learn the most. So because, you know, when I'm I, I love to just listen to something while I'm working. And I think over the years, that is something that I has stuck with me as in my routine for uh, the last four years. And every year I learn, you know, a handful of things that I can incorporate into uh, into my work, into my personal life, into my team. And so but I haven't necessarily taken any courses like any type of I have been thinking about taking like some sort of like leadership courses but maybe 2024 will be the year that I do that but yeah I think that if you're if you're on the path into like like being an entrepreneur or starting your own business I think the best advice I could give someone is to just listen to some podcasts that have founders that you like businesses that you like and then also, if you know any bis- any other business owners, maybe in your network, take them out to coffee, take them out to lunch, talk to them, uh, ask them, like, you know, what have been some of your hurdles? Like, what have been some of the best times in your career uh, in building your business? And you also start to learn from other people that have done it before, too. Um, and you start to just, like, kind of, like, choose things here and there that you will, that will call to you that you'll incorporate into uh, whatever it is that you're doing. So I'm always, I'm just nosy. So (laughs) with that nature of me, what are some business tools that you love, like apps, different programs? And it can actually be for personal too. What are different tools that you really love and they're your go-tos and help you stay organized or connected or whatever it may be? My notes on my phone are my best friend. (laughs) Yeah. Got down like a lot of notes. I use like a lot of the Apple tools on my phone. When it comes to e-commerce, I would say I really like this tool called Lifetimely, which kind of like shows you like the metrics of your site and like where you're benchmarked across other businesses in in the same industry as you. So you kind of know like where you stand in that category and like what, what KPIs you should strive towards. And then uh, I I work a lot uh, very closely with the social side. So I love using Later. 
for I love their newsletter. I love their articles that they they post about social. We use like their scheduling tool uh, for all of our social. Um, and then what else? Oh, and then there's this other tool called Motion, which we use for creative to monitor our creative on our Meta and TikTok ads. So it gives us insight as to whether or not it's like resonating with somebody, what changes we need to make on our on our creative and just seeing if we're like hitting different KPIs within our creative. So that's another tool that I really enjoy. And yeah, I think those are like the those are like my top uh, tools that I use, like probably on a daily basis or like a couple times a week to just make sure that we're on the right track um, in when it comes to like our marketing efforts. Have you and your team had so using those apps, I kind of have found a couple different little gray areas with social and when it comes to business that it's a little bit hard to follow sometimes the stats and to come in and on time to serve your community, but still find that creative aspect. Has there been a strategy that you guys have used to really connect with your community? Because it sounds, and I've seen too, that you guys are really connected. And again, you guys are talking about medical and personal issues that you're helping solve. So is there a little bit of a strategy that you guys have found that has fit into that gray zone? Yeah, so what we found like around two years ago honestly storytelling people and and people really enjoy stories and like they also like being entertained to an extent so that's really why you go on social right you go on there to be entertained not really think and maybe learn something new along the way so we kind of took storytelling because of the fact that one of our videos went viral two years ago which was it was about my personal story and when that one went viral, we created another one that was kind of like similar. And then that one also went viral. So we're like, OK, well, we're on to something because people seem to like that content. And then also the educational side. So we'll do videos on like, what is bacterial vaginosis? What is yeast infections? What does it look like? What is like, what are the symptoms? And then also just like talking about the ingredients and inside the products and how they help with these different types of infections. And that's really been the winning formula for us. Every business is different, though. So I wouldn't say like, you know, that that may work for. Yeah, it's not a formula. Yeah. Or another person, I think that you need to you need to try different things to see what is going to be your winning formula for your business. But that has been for the last like when was it? Yeah. For the last two years. That's what's really worked for us. And even when we're working with influencers and other partners like ambassadors and they share their stories about what they've gone through, that also tends to do really well, especially on TikTok. Um, people just, I guess, really resonate with what these women are going through and they want to either ask them like what what worked for you what helped you and people start chiming in on the comments like this helped me that helped me or when I did this uh when I told my doctor this they asked they like recommended this so that it creates a lot of it creates a community of people that have gone through similar issues and then they can bond over 
those issues that they struggled with and then help one one another out. No, I like that too. That's actually kind of going for full circle. When I started on TikTok was back during the pandemic and I did find it so helpful into <laughs> learning so many things, new topics and more in depth on topics. And when people are talking about TikTok, I'm like, I actually don't really watch that many dance videos. I don't think they really, there are that many anymore. I, yeah. Um, yeah. That's one of my guilty pleasures. But uh, what you were saying too, so when you're especially with a diagnosis of with fem care issues, you're not, sometimes don't know where to start your Google search. So I think that is so helpful when somebody's sharing their story that that can start off your research and then bringing that to your doctor. So that's such a, I don't know, pivotal think, and helpful starting points. What a beautiful absolutely. thing you guys are bringing. Actually, and actually, going back to Google search, so there is like so, there is strategy behind like the educational videos, and we lean into Google and what people are searching on Google because if they're searching that it, more than you know nine out of ten times they're going to like, they're going to watch a video that answers that question of whatever they're uh, searching. So we'll use Google to formulate kind of like whatever, like that educational video. And we'll start off with answering the question and then go into answering that question. And that has been doing really well for us. And then we've also um, write a lot of articles on our blog that explain that go into the details of various topics in reproductive health um, and we'll tie that into the into the TikTok or into the Instagram video and then have them go to the blog to like learn more because again the space is just it, there needs to be a lot of education around it to support like what women are going through and help them understand a lot help them help answer a lot of the questions that they have it's such a still a white space and thankfully there are and I feel like thankfully a lot of these brands because of the sensitivity and topic of these issues a lot of these brands are founded by women so even though there's so much white space you guys are really pinpointing what women are looking for and needing and I just don't think that could be done necessarily in that arena with a male counterpart directing that so right. that's so beautiful that connection once again so I know we've talked a while and I know we can go on forever, but what are some practices that you have felt that you use routinely in your life and your day-to-day that just help support you overall in your health? Are there any practices or tools that you go to and keep reaching for? Okay, so practices, I would say I work out almost every day, I think, <laughs> to release any stress that I might have and just to have a good day overall move my body because I do I work at home so or we were, we're all remote so you know just being in your house all day not getting any movement can build up a lot of stress and anxiety so I think that that is my number one tool and then also just meditating i started incorporate i'm not consistent with it but i do try to incorporate it a couple times a week to kind of just get my mind off of things and cleanse my brain <laughs> start back at zero i think that those two tools have been 
incremental to keeping me just level-headed and at peace at times because yeah like running a business you're you could run into situations where you're really stressed out all the time so I think it's really important to take care of your mental health and your overall physical health because you only have one vessel so you have to take care of it and yeah I think that that's just key to and anybody like not anything if you're not even if you're not an entrepreneur (laughs) I'm a fan of both and I do both daily. So are there any styles of exercise or meditation that you prefer? Again, going into the details, is there any styles or programs that you like? I like uh, I like lifting weights. I'll do like I'll do my own workouts where I'll kind of like program like I'll do like a little program for myself and do different like an upper body day or a lower body day. I also started incorporating Pilates this year with the reformer. So I really like that. And then I also enjoy going on really long walks. So I have a, I have a three-year-old lab pit. So we'll take him on uh, a morning walk and an afternoon walk. And I really enjoy that as well. And then when it comes to meditation, I like to, I like to listen to Headspace, but then also on Spotify, like they have the, like the soothing, like kind of ASMR. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. The stations. Yes. So I like that too. I think it just find it really soothing. I that that's pretty every year I'll add something, always add something new on or I'll try something different. But right now I would say that I'm really enjoying Pilates. So I fell into I fell into the trend because I think that uh, this year I've been seeing a lot of Pilates on social and I was like, you know what? I want to try it out. I want to see like what all the fuss is about. It's a classic. I love Pilates. Yeah. Pilates and yoga. And again, I love weight training too, but I don't, I don't know. So there's something, if you're stuck at home or if you're traveling, I think it's just so simple, like how you can just have a mat and do the exercise. So at least for me, that's why I always come back to just the simplicity. I know we can go on forever and I would love to pick your brain again, but I was wondering if you're game for just a couple rapid fire questions. And I will also, I always say this, I'll try to keep it rapid. I'm growing at that aspect. So what is a favorite free resource that you love? It could be, again, a podcast, a book, a call to a friend that you love. Resource. I really love How I Built This by NPR. I love that podcast podcast so much. And I've been listening to it even before I started Happy Bee. So that is my, that is my go-to, yeah. That's a really good one. I have that on my list of podcasts that always come to. And then what is a ride or die product? It's gone empty a lot that you continually have replenished and it's just a product that you love. I may be biased, but our Happy Bee prebiotic was probiotic, just given the situation, like what we just spoke about for the entire hour is my holy grail. I cannot live without that product. But if I can go for for a second product, since that's my number one. Love it. Yeah. I would say I love the, oh my God, Lalabo Matcha scent. I love that product and like that fragrance. I have been seeing that. I haven't, yeah, I've been seeing that everywhere right now, especially the, oh so, God, I love it. I know this time of year, uh, cozy. Whatever you want. <laughs> If, if your husband or, or your partner is listening in, get her the labo. <laughs> yep. 
And oh, I just that's funny. It reminds me of a video I saw. Like, don't leave their stocking empty. You have no excuses. You should know what they want. Start listening to start listening to their phone or like get close to their phone and see what's popping up on their feed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then last one, what lights you up? What lights me up? What lights me up is growth. And it could be small, like the smallest uh, type of growth. So for example, we brought this last, these last two months, we brought on like five new people and onto the team. And I was just like so excited that we are growing as a company, but also just like just bringing on all these incredible people onto our team. And that really just lightened me up. I think I've been in the best mood that I've been in a while because I'm just so excited to have like all of these new team members. I still love my old team members, but it's just like an old era and a new era and combining the two. And it's just such a beautiful thing to see come to fruition. So that's and just the cool. new ideas, I feel that kind of yes, time and just new perspectives. Yes, exactly. I love that answer. Such a good one. Thank you again, Daniela, for coming on. I really was inspired with this conversation. and I hope everyone that was listening was too. And like I said on the intro, and I said to you as well, I could have talked to you for a lot longer. So thank you for your time. And you can find Daniela and Happy V's information linked down below with some of our favorite products from the Happy V line will also be linked down there in the show notes. And thank you again to today's sponsor, Higher Dose. Again, for 15% off site-wide, the code is evergreen. And again, you can find their information also linked in today's show notes. Thank you for joining me for another episode, and I can't wait to talk to you next time. Talk to you then. Bye.